हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट 13 फीचर्स ऑफ 73rd एंड 74th कॉन्स्टिट्यूशनल अमेंडमेंट एंड आवर टॉपिक इज फीचर्स ऑफ 74th कॉन्स्टिट्यूशनल अमेंडमेंट फ्रॉम द वेरी बिगनिंग सिंस इंडिपेंडेंस द अर्बन लोकल गवर्नमेंट रिसीव्ड अ स्टेप मदरली treatment for those who stood for the cause of self government at the grassroots level in india like the 73rd amendment the 74th amendment also lays down the structure of urban local bodies provided for their regular free and fair elections makes provision for reservation of seats for sc st and obcs fixes their term to fine five years protects them against arbitrary dissolution specifies their power and responsibilities and attempts to strengthen the fiscal base of the urban local bodies it does two more things which are not to be found in 73rd amendment that is that besides elected it also provides for nominated members for decentralized planning in the 43rd years of republic of india 1992 the constitution 74th amendment was passed which came into force on 1st june 1993 two important committees namely committee for district planning and committee for metropolitan planning have been constituted the features are discussed here constitutional status has been accorded to urban developed local government bodies three tier structure has been envisaged whereby there would be municipal corporations for larger areas municipal councils for smaller areas and nagar panchayats for villages in transition to becoming towns since local government is a state subject the state legislatures have been left within their powers to define the details of the powers and functions of the different units of the urban government institutions whose broad outline only has been drawn by the parliament direct election to these municipal bodies by the people in the manner as the elections are held for the lok sabha and the state assemblies has been provided for the purpose of elections the municipal elections are to be conducted by the state election commission reservation of one third of seats for women including women belonging to dual caste and dual tribes is ensured the state finance commission would ensure financially viable of the municipalities municipal funds have been augmented through taxes tolls duties and 
पीस ग्रांटिनेट Urban municipal institutions of self-government have been endowed with power and authority to formulate and implement schemes for economic development and social justice on 18 subjects. Developmental committees, namely DPC and the Metropolitan Planning Committee, have been constituted. Thus, the planning in India has been decentralized up to the grassroots level. For better proximity with citizens, wards and committees have been constituted. The 74th CAA and also the 73rd CAA have created local self-government institutions throughout rural and urban India. with powers delineated devolution deliberative and executive wings of the government created authority and responsibilities defined developmental committees dpc mpc and financial commission constituted and within each municipality ward committees and zonal committees have been constituted now let us move to the next point observations on the 74th amendment the two amendments of the constitution mark a watershed on the evolution of local government in india for the first time the panchayati raj institutions in rural india and the municipalities and municipal corporation in urban india have been accorded constitutional status by these two amendments they have been raised to the status of governments at the local level like the union government at the national level and the state government at the state level the nagar palika central legislation that is the 74th caa has scattered spatially hundreds of small local governments throughout india governments with their respective territorial jurisdictions have been formed india has thus become a federation of federations the 74th caa has not only constitutionalized the status of urban local government but also improved its life structure working and finance however certain questions remain unanswered first and foremost the very exercise of classifying an area rural or urban is a confused one some of the states with larger concentration of non municipal activities like gujarat kerala tamil nadu and west bengal have nearly 2/3 of the town as census or non municipal towns in spite of predominance of the non agricultural activities in these towns they are not accorded the municipal status the state governments are interested in retaining their panchayat status 
as they fetch grants under rural development schemes. Their classification as urban would require the government in turn to give them grants. On the other hand, local bodies lose out because urban local bodies have the benefit of better resources of finance, such as the property tax, entertainment tax, and service charges, which are lost if the urban classification is not given. Moreover, panchayats are easier to control than urban bodies and hence the power elites prefer the ruler tag. Besides, in the BIMARU states like Rajasthan, Uttar Pradesh and Madhya Pradesh, districts are carved out of political reasons which defies theoretical logic. It was pointed out as early as during the 1961 census that instead of the twofold classification into rural and urban, there should be threefold classification into urban, suburban, and rural, as it confirms better to reality. Owing to all this confusion, all urban areas defined by census are not necessarily accorded the municipal status. On the other hand, all settlements accorded municipal status are not automatically declared as urban. Hence, there is a need to redefine the rural and urban boundary, keeping in view their revenue potential in order to reorganize them as urban or rural local bodies. Another problem is that of urban outgrowths, which are the area that develop around the fringes of the containment board because of the university of, or a port, etc. Since these areas lie within the geographical limit of the adjoining village panchayat, the municipality does not govern them even though they are unbased. Since they are too small, they cannot be set up as independent municipalities. This problem needs to be addressed since vital revenue is lost if they are erroneously classified. For the first time, the DPC District Planning Committee under 243 Z have got constitutional status by the way of 74th Constitutional Amendment Act. Here we must mention that the Planning Commission is an extra constitutional body and even then it is so powerful that every year all the state governments come bagging before the planning commission for funds. But unfortunately, the institution which has got constitutional status for the district planning is largely ineffective. The need of the hour is that DPC should be made effective and the district plan prepared by the PRI 
and the municipalities should also approve the state government without any change. This is also desirable that the DPC may issue guidelines to lower level units in regard to their annual action plan and consolidated five-year plans. What is significant, however, is that apart from the traditional municipal functions, municipal bodies as per Article 243 would have been allotted the function of preparation of plans for economic development and social justice, which suggests their elevation from mere instrumentalities for agency function to responsible bodies for development planning. Traditionally, municipal bodies had been endowed with the responsibility of providing some basic amenities of civic life, services such as water supply and sanitation, roads and drains, street lights, collecting, collection and disposal of solid waste management maintenance of public places, burial grounds and crematoria, cattle ponds, registration of births and deaths, maintenance of markets and some regulatory functions relating to construction of buildings, public health areas such as eating places, slaughterhouses and tanneries, etc. The 74th Constitutional Amendment broadens the range of the functions to be performed by the urban local bodies to the arena such as urban and town planning. Regulation of land use planning for economic and social development, safeguarding the interest of weaker sections of society including the handicapped and mentally retarded, slum improvement and upgradation, urban poverty elevation and promotion of cultural, educational and aesthetic aspects. The subject of cattle pounds has been extended to include prevention of cruelty to animals. Also significantly, there are around 73,000 elected representatives in the ULBs all over the country. This shows that democracy has percolated down to the lowest level and is effective at the grassroots level. At least the right start has been made as per the official document. The role set out for ULBs in the immediate future will be to be responsive and accountable to the community, to develop cities and standards of service comparable to the best in that particular category, and to constantly improve their capabilities so as to equip themselves to undertake the their tasks in resource raising, service provision and poverty elevation. 
now let us wind up the session and take rest thank you very much for engaging yourself with a self learning podcast